Good morning, Yakima Vineyard. Um, this is uh, a little bit of a surprise for um, most of you. Uh, we made the decision just this weekend uh, to do live stream instead of in person. And we really appreciate uh, all of your uh, patience in trying to work through this. But COVID um, has uh, kind of hit home um, in a bigger way than it than, than it has been with even more families being impacted directly. Um, the uh, uh, Thompsons um, have been hit with uh, COVID and the Aronsons now um, uh, with uh, Chris. Um, and so um, we wanna definitely uh, be really cautious uh, with you. Uh, we love you guys so much. We want to be very careful uh, to uh, take all of the safety precautions uh, we can uh, to keep everybody as safe as we can. So again, thank you for your patience. Um, this um, uh, a prayer uh, time to start this service, we want to be really, really uh, deliberate about praying uh, for those families, but also for all of you as well. Um, but before we get to that point, there are a couple of announcements and then just one extra note we want to have of appreciation, uh, Dusty and I, for, for you folks. Uh, so announcements, uh, we are going to have a regional uh, Christmas Eve service that will take place on Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. Uh, and you can catch that on the same station that you're watching now on both the web page and on our Facebook pages. And also on New Year's Day, uh, we're going to have a, a time of prayer. And we really want to encourage you to tune in at 6 o'clock on New Year's Day for that as well. So Christmas Eve and New Year's Day, both at 6 o'clock. Now, there has been this uh, lovely, unexpected um, uh, blessing that you all have given Dusty and I with uh, these gifts. And Dusty and I both want to extend uh, a heartfelt appreciation for your thoughtfulness. Um, sometimes, the word thankful, uh, uh, thanks doesn't seem like it's as much as we want to say, but please accept our, our appreciation, our heartfelt appreciation for your lovely uh, thoughts. Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this uh, difficult year, <laughs> with all of the things that have occurred, the one thing that we've always been able to maintain is our joy in you, Lord God, our joy in the hope of your promise. Um, and so, Father God, um, where we uh, are just are confident in all that you are in your sovereign seat, Lord God, we ask a very special blessing, Lord God, for uh, um, the Aronsons, we 
pray a special prayer for the Thompsons and a special prayer for all of the other families that are impacted directly by this virus uh, here in this church. And there are four others um, that I won't mention here this morning, but um, Lord, I just pray your hand in each of those families, in each of those households, Lord God, your protection, your safety, and Lord, most of all, your healing. We pray your healing in Jesus' precious name. Now I'm going to invite Dusty to come on up. Okay, good morning, guys. Um, welcome to the vineyard. I know this wasn't quite what we expected to have for today, but it is what it is. Um, just want to thank everybody for your prayers, um, for everybody who's reached out and checked on on all of us. Um, it's greatly appreciated. Uh, just because I had a couple of you guys ask, Cormac and I did go get tested yesterday. We don't have results back yet, so we don't know. Um, anything in regards to that, but hopefully we will soon. Um, I'm also trying something a little bit new this morning. Hopefully this works the way I expect it to. Um, hopefully you are seeing, I can't see it, so hopefully you guys are seeing a split screen with my slides and um, then myself up here. Um, I would encourage you, since I have a face for radio, to focus mostly on the slides. Um, I wanted to start off, and I've been starting off when I'm teaching Advent with this each week, um, with Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And it seemed dark. I know I've personally experienced um, some what felt like deep darkness in the last couple of weeks. Um, and so the hope of the light that is Jesus Christ is so important. Um, that, that hope of God, the hope um, that we have through Christ Jesus. It's, you know, sometimes it's all we have to cling to. This morning, I'm going to be talking about Joseph. I'm going to be talking about love. I'm going to be talking about Mary and the Christ child and how God's love came down and incarnated. And he did that through Mary and Joseph at least in the beginning part. Uh, so this first slide, I imagine Joseph felt a little bit like my friend Will here. Like, as a guy, if my wife came to me and said she was pregnant and told me that it was by the Holy Spirit, I would question that. <laughs> I would be like, you, you what? <laughs> And like, you know, it's just, it's not, you know, and so I can only imagine what was going through Joseph's head. Um, you know, here's this woman he loves, this woman that he's intending to marry. And she's telling him 
that God put a child inside of her. And, you know, just I, I put myself in Joseph's shoes and I just, I imagine all of the feelings he must have been feeling like, like first probably disbelief and then probably some anger, like maybe not believing that this was actually like that, you know, he, I'm sure he trusted Mary, but at the same time, this is so outside of our human experience trying to wrestle with it. And so then he probably had like some resignation. And then, you know, I believe through the the moving of the Holy Spirit and later on some divine interactions, but initially through the moving of the Holy Spirit, he probably started saying, you know what, maybe, maybe God can do something really different. Maybe God can do something that is completely outside of our human experience. Maybe Maybe miracles can happen. And I imagine Joseph just kind of going through this, this thought process of, of change and how things were changing. And, you know, as we find later in the story, he, he took Mary in. He, he didn't leave her. He didn't abandon her. He didn't, like, societally... It would be this huge black stain. It would be a scarlet letter on their family that Mary was pregnant with someone else's child. And he stuck with her. He stayed with her. Mary was this unwed mother at that point who allowed God to use her to bring God's ultimate gift into our world. I love Mary's prayer. I love Mary's prayer. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Would that we would all have Mary's heart, that we're simply the servant of God. And that whatever he speaks to us, we do. I wish all of us that that was our our reflexive action, that that was our instinct, was just simply, Lord, speak to me and I do what you say. Joseph was a man who understood extreme sacrifice. You know, he's kind of like that father in the story of the prodigal son, right? A wastefully extravagant love is what Joseph had for Mary. A sacrificial love. Joseph, like most fathers, you know, he was probably willing to waste his life on his family. I know how dearly I love my wife and my son and my extended family and my church family. And I am willing to waste my life on loving them and giving whatever it is that I have. Give all that I have to give to care for others. And that's what Joseph did. That was, that was his father's heart. This extravagant love. That he would keep Mary and this Christ Jesus baby safe. When he was first confronted with Mary's pregnancy, like I said, he, you know, like the picture of our friend Will Smith there, like, I'm sure he had just, you know, he had all these thoughts going on, all these things. He had to have just been dumbfounded, right? 
he was going to leave her, which would make sense in his culture that he would leave her, that he would just set her aside, you know, that he probably wouldn't put up a sign in the middle of the street saying, hey, Mary cheated on me, you know, but that he would set her aside. That was his right as a man under Jewish law. However, as I mentioned, this divine intervention, excuse me, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. And he became convinced that God's lavish love was behind Mary's crazy story. And Joseph wanted in. He wanted to be a part of this story. He wanted to be a part of this move of God. He wanted to be part, just like Mary, of serving with what it is that the Lord spoke to him. So he risked everything, all of it. He risked everything. Everything that mattered in that day, his reputation, his business, his family relationships, his standing in his faith community, in his church. He decided to stand in front, to be the protector, to take the heat. And all these things that people had to have been saying about Mary, he decided to stand in that gap and keep Mary as his wife. It's like serving God is more important than my reputation. Serving God is more important than money, business relationships. Serving God is more important than how my family might look at me and think that I'm crazy for serving him. Serving God is more important to me than anything. And that's, that's what Joseph did. That's the love that Joseph had for his wife. And for this unborn baby that he didn't even know and wasn't even his. But as I'm sure anybody who has ever dated knows, love makes you do some crazy things. All of us probably have a story of some crazy thing that we did for love. And when it's such a deep love like Joseph had for Mary, Joseph was an honorable man. Joseph was a good man. Joseph was a loving man. And he, he deserves respect. Mary gets a lot of play, which she should. Mary gets a lot of honor, which she should. But there was another part to this holy family story. And Joseph and what he did often gets kind of put by the side. And he, he stood in that gap. He took those arrows. He, he took the sidelong glances that I'm sure happened. Everybody knew they weren't married, and yet his to-be wife was pregnant. Love makes us do crazy things. It was a pretty inauspicious beginning to the greatest story ever told. Why don't we read a part of that? I'm going to be in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. During those days, the Roman emperor Caesar Augustus ordered that the first census be taken throughout the empire. 
Quinarius, the governor of Syria at that time. Everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his fiancée, Mary, left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there. Since they were both descendants of David, Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor, and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough, since there was no other available space in any upper room in the village. That night, in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. I'm going to go ahead and stop there. This amazing story. Angels appearing in the sky, shepherds falling down in fear, wise men coming from the east, all these different stories we've been hearing about as we've been walking through Nazareth, or excuse me, walking through Advent. I just read about Nazareth. As we're walking through this Advent story, culminating in this, the Christ child being born. And yet prior to all this, it was this love story between Mary and Joseph. And God decided that these two descendants of King David, who, if you've ever read his story in Scripture, had some marital issues of his own. He wasn't exactly the most faithful guy to his wife and or wives, as the case may be. But the Lord saw Mary and Joseph and said, here is a couple that I can entrust this holy task to. Here is a loving, caring, generous, protective, service-oriented couple who are willing to, when I speak, they act, they serve me. I can entrust them with the Messiah. What type of character do you have? Can God entrust you with his grand plans. Let me adjust this. I couldn't go this week um, without talking about my friend and former youth pastor, Peter. Excuse me. <clears throat> my throat's a little. Um, uh, Peter was super important to me. He was my first youth pastor. Um, I was about 13, 12, 13 years old when I first met him. He uh, took me with him everywhere. Um, he showed me a real and loving 
Jesus, a Jesus that was without too many attachments, a Jesus that was without a whole bunch of extraneous things put onto him, a, a Jesus that so many times those of us who follow Jesus, those of us who follow Christ, um, and I remember doing this myself as a young man, we try to strong arm people into the kingdom, or we try to argue people into loving God. And really, I, you know, the thing that, that Peter showed me was how beautiful Jesus is and how attractive serving God is and how glorious our Father in heaven is, how, how powerful the Holy Spirit is. And those drew me, those drew me to God. Those drew me as a young man into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I can honestly tell you, I can't remember a single sermon that Peter ever preached. Or a particular point of theology that just like, oh, well, it was this point of theology. Or, or I can't tell you what his favorite scripture was. For anybody taking notes, mine happens to be Isaiah 58. But as far as for Peter, I have no idea. I just, I don't, I can't even tell you any of those things. But let me tell you what I do know. I know that he loved Jesus. And I know that he loved me. He cared about me. He took time for me. He, he, he showed me Christ. He showed me Jesus. He was the good news to me. He didn't just preach the good news to me. He was the good news to me. This, the second picture, the picture on the right, uh, he and I went for a nine-day nine hike. Uh, we covered 90 miles in that time with the two of us and two llamas. And we just, we talked about the Lord. We talked about science fiction, which is something we both liked. We talked about music. You know, he, we just shared life together. We just did life together. And we spent those nine days just hiking through the mountains, through God's beautiful, glorious creation. Peter was a champion for God's creation. And that the creation is a gift that God gave us. And like all gifts that God gives us, he expects for us to care for them and to appreciate them. And Peter showed me that. He showed me love. I think it was Maya Angelou that said, people will often forget what it is you say, but they will never forget how it is they made you feel. And I know Peter made me feel that he loved me and that my Jesus loved me. I don't know what more you could ask for in a servant of God. And as we're talking about God's love this morning, our theme of God's love this morning, I want you to remember that. Are you loving others into the kingdom of God? Are you showing others the path of love into God's kingdom? It worked for me. 
And I'm here some 40 years later, roughly, from when I first met him, still serving Jesus. So I think it's a pretty good example of evangelism. In our lives, we should do things from love and not for love. See, there's scripture that talks about how God loved us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us because he loved us. We already have his love, and yet we keep trying to earn it over and over and over again. And I, I do it all the time. And like, like, how can I make God love me? And like, I can't seem to quite get square in my head that he already does. Earn something that you already have. It's like, as I was thinking about this, I was trying to think of a good example. It would be like me going to work when they've already given me my paycheck for that day. Like, I've already been paid. <laughs> like, they gave me the money up front. Why am I going to work? You know, it just, like, God loves us. God cares for us. He's, he's given us his love. We have God's love. And there is an answer. You know, we, we have so many challenges in our world. And, and I, you know, just in my own personal life, it's been challenging these last few weeks. It's been difficult. There's an answer for all of these challenges, and it's love. And specifically the love of God. And, not to exclude us, the love of his followers, us as we take God's love and help pour it out on the earth. It's what we're called to do. Um, just as I'm standing here, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, something that C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity. He said, I don't know that God's particularly interested in our happiness. He wants for our, us to be loved and to love and for God's kingdom to be advanced on the earth. You don't necessarily have to be happy for that to happen. I don't necessarily have to be in a good mood to love somebody. I don't necessarily have to be full of joy or peace or kindness or goodness, like all, you know, all these fruits of the Spirit. I don't necessarily have to have that like currently going on inside of me to love someone. See, here's the thing. Love's a choice. We often treat it as an emotion. Or in the words of one immortal Tina Turner, a secondary emotion. But we don't have to feel love to be love. We don't have to feel love to show love. Sometimes there's people I really don't necessarily care for. And I'm called to love them anyway. Because that's what God does. That's that agape love. That's that love of God that knows no bounds, that knows no territories, that has no lines drawn around it, that never fits in any kind of box you can imagine. That kind of agape love. I want to read John 12 together. John 12 is the story of Mary Magdalene pouring out oil on the feet of Jesus. And I feel like as I was preparing this message and looking through the scriptures, in John 12, when Mary is pouring this oil that she spent all of her money on to the feet of Jesus, she was literally pouring her love out 
onto Christ's feet. And how we, with our lives, like Mary Magdalene, should be pouring out the oil of our love onto the feet of Jesus. And whatever that looks like. And, and be, be okay with other people judging what pouring out that love looks like. Because we'll see in the story here that some of the disciples were judging her for doing this, for pouring out her love on Christ's feet. And Christ told them basically to shut up. Like she is doing this out of love for me. So let's read this. John 12, starting at verse 1. Six days before the Passover began, Jesus went back to Bethany, the town where he raised Lazarus from the dead. They prepared a supper for Jesus. Martha served, and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet, and then she wiped them dry with her long hair. And the fragrance of this costly oil filled the house. But Judas, the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer, spoke up and said, What a waste! We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given money to the poor. In fact, Judas had no heart for the poor. He only said this because he was a thief and he was in charge of the money. He would steal the money whenever he wanted to from the funds that were given to support Jesus' ministry. But Jesus said to Judas, leave her alone. She has saved it for the time of my burial. I'll always have the poor, always have me. And when word got out that Jesus was not far from Jerusalem, a large crowd came to see him. I'm going to stop there. My encouragement to you is this, to pour out that love, to, to be like Mary Magdalene, sacrifice, pour out your love onto the feet of Jesus this year. Give him everything, all that you have. And it doesn't matter if other people look at you funny for doing this. It doesn't matter if other people judge how extravagantly, just like Joseph was extravagant with Mary in the Christ trials. And Mary here is extravagantly showing her love for Jesus. I want you to extravagantly pour out your life and pour out your love and service to Jesus. And showing love to a world that so desperately needs our love and so desperately needs God's love pouring out of us onto the earth to heal it. I was thinking a little bit about some of our services when we first started in March, particularly that very first Sunday when we heard that we had to shut down. And it was myself and my wife, I believe Dave was here, my friend Aaron Anderson, and we were literally trying to stream the service from my cell phone <laughs> on a stand. Nobody could hear me or Aaron really. And like, that's what we had. That's where we were at with things. We've gotten marginally better. We're still not super professional. We're still not like, you know, I'm sure Willow Creek didn't miss a beat, but we're, you know, we're, we're doing what we can, right? Um, but those efforts, our, our hearts to serve all of you and to serve our Lord, that was oil poured down on the feet of Jesus. And I felt like that's what God was saying to me this morning, is that when we gave all that we had to give. That's, that's what we had. That's what we had. We brought what we had. 
and poured it out under the feet of Jesus. And the Lord says it's beautiful. So whatever it is you have in you, whatever gifts God has given you, whatever he has put inside of you to give, give it. And continue to grow and continue to, to learn better and continue to, to find new and more creative ways to love God and to serve God and to serve his people and to serve a world that he wants to save. Because God wants everyone to know about his love. God wants everyone to know about Jesus. God wants the good news of what he did for us to be advanced in our world. God's love is the answer to all of the things that we have going on in our world, all of the divisions and struggles, all of the disease and sickness, all of the things that we're wrestling with. God's love is the answer to all of it in the person of Jesus Christ and his story, that good news of Jesus. I wanted to end with this. Excuse me. <clears throat> I wanted to end with this. First John 4, 7 through 8 says this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Um, I really appreciate you guys, your, your prayers for us and, and for our family as we're walking through this whole COVID mess thing. And, you know, I just, um, I was praying this morning, just not feeling 100%, but I was just praying this morning and, you know, um, to be, you know, just being completely transparent, you know, just um, wrestling with a little bit of fear, you know, I've got high blood pressure, I'm diabetic, all the blah, 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 who cares, whatever. Um, but this whole, you know, COVID thing is, is a, li a little bit scary. Um, I have a little bit of anxiety about it if I'm being transparent, especially as I'm starting to not feel well. Um, as I was praying and I was giving that to the Lord and I was just saying, God, here's, this is what I'm preaching about this morning. So here you are. Here's what I've got. <laughs> I'm going to give you. <coughs> I'm going to give you what I got, uh, and just pour it all out, Lord, and on on your feet and worship of you, Lord God. Um, but as I was praying, I was telling the Lord just this dialogue I was having with God, and so I'm sharing with you a little bit of a, a window into Dusty's mind, which sometimes isn't a pretty place, but this morning it was okay. Um, I was saying, Lord, if, if something crazy happens and, um, the last thing I ever talked about was your love, uh, I'm good. It's cool. I'm happy. Um, because there's, God is love. And our love for one another is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And so I hope you hear my heart this morning. God is good. That God loves us. And he expects us to love one another. And there is no more important thing that I can ever tell anybody 
then God loves you. And God cares for you. And God died for you. And he just wants you to accept that free gift of love. So if you've never heard this story, if you've never heard this part of the scripture, that God loves you, that he cares for you, that no matter what you've done or where you've been or what kind of horrible choices you might have made in your life, God still loves you. God cares for you. And he died for you. And if you've never accepted that love, I just encourage you right now. I'm going to pray. And you can just pray along with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. I thank you for, Lord, as, as I start praying, I'm reminded of that scripture that there is no height, nor depth, nor width, nor any way to accurately measure the love of God. And Lord, your, your love is immeasurable. Your love is awesome. There is just no end to your love. So Lord, this morning, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you sacrificed yourself for me. I, I, I thank you that you took all of my failings and all of my sin, and you took them on yourself, Lord God, and you wiped me clean. You made me whole. You made me holy through your death, Lord God. Jesus, I thank you for that sacrifice. Lord, I thank you for your love. Lord, I'm so grateful that the God I serve is a God of love, that, that the God I serve, Scripture says, and it's echoing the words of Christ, that God is literally love. I thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I thank you that... That's the kind of God I can get behind. That's the kind of God I can give my life for. That's the kind of God that I can serve and pour out all that I have and all of the oil and all of the perfume onto your feet, Lord. You're worth it. You're worthy, Lord God. And so, Lord, if there's anyone who, who might be watching this morning who, who they've never accepted that, Lord Jesus, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, would any barrier to the truth of your good news that you love us and you care for us and you've forgiven us, Lord God. Lord, I ask that any barrier to that might be removed right now, Lord. And Lord, that each one of us can more fully, if it's for the first time or if we've been serving you for 40 plus years, however long, Lord God, Lord, that we can fully accept your love for us and your grace for us, and your goodness in our lives, Lord God. Lord, show us how to be love to the world around us, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, God bless each one of you, and, and have a Merry Christmas.